This is Creative Banter, a creativity and philosophy-focused podcast hosted by Cody Schultz and Ben Horn. Buckwheat and oat milk ice cream get us started on this episode, oddly enough, before we move on to discussing the weather and a rather disappointing interaction while out in the woods. For the majority of the episode, we speak on artificial intelligence and what it means primarily for writers, as we see more people using ChatGPT for article outlines and school essays. Our discussion turns toward Volume 2 of Ben's Unpolished series, which re-sparks a consistent conversation about ebooks. And since it's that time of year, we end this episode by talking a bit about taxes and Ben's somewhat disappointing 2022 financial year. Let's dive right into it, shall we? started eating this new ice cream all right it's um it's oat milk ice cream it's from oatly it's okay. like a, uh, a like a brown fudge or a fudge brownie chocolate kind of deal mm-hmm. and besides it being good obviously otherwise i wouldn't eat it they have um these little um protective lid things that go on top of it like the little plastic bits because it's mm-hmm. it, they're packaged just like um, like Haagen Dazs or Ben and Jerry's, so they have that little protector on the top, and yeah. each one is different. Each one is like you will end up with um, a different little saying or some kind of funny little thing when you open it up. Mm-hmm. And this one that I got the other day says, "Congratulations, you're one of the lucky individuals to receive this limited edition asterisk." Tony Peterson signature protective lid collector's item made just for you. And then on the bottom, upside down, it says uh, approximately 55000 in first batch. <laughs> but it's a limited edition. Yeah, yeah. The first batch. Yeah. I just, I just thought it was funny, especially relating back to a little bit of what we talked about last week with limited edition prints and what we've talked about before and yeah, just that that idea of something being limited, and I love that they poked fun at that too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was at Costco the other day, and because uh, I was going to go buy some some blueberries, because I usually have those for every every breakfast, and um, yeah, it just said like limited edition blueberries. I'm like, well, I mean, technically everything's limited. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, definitely used as uh, marketing marketing hype. Yeah, I just, I like when a company does those kind of funny little things like that, that they're just stupid, but they're just, yeah. they just add something to it that you don't see a lot. Like, um, there's a, I don't know if it's, it might be, it might be Oatly or it's Planet Oat. I can't remember. Um, one of them does obviously oat milk as well. And on the side of the box, they have like the fun facts, that kind of thing. And then they mm-hmm. say the not so fun, but the important side and just like little fun, I guess you would consider it marketing tactics, whatever. Um, but just something to add to the mundane nature of the world and like spruce it up some. It's always mm-hmm. just 
cool. Yeah. On the um on on a slight tangent, but something that I tried for the first time on my winter trips to Death Valley and Zion that worked out very very well and this would be something that's could be beneficial for people that are are camping um but I like basically every every day for breakfast when I'm at home I have buckwheat which is really really good um it's nutritious it's really good and I learned about it from my wife because when she grew up in Russia Basically, buckwheat is kind of like having oatmeal. Okay. Um, it's not very commonly found here in the states, um, but I, I'm able to find it at a kind of a non-traditional grocery store. Um, but the uh, the roasted buckwheat, basically, you prepare it with some. Um, when I'm at home, I'll prepare it in a a pressure cooker and then I make quite a bit of it and I just put it in bowls and put it in the fridge so I can have it each day. But I'm, it, it's a great source of energy, great source of nutrition, throw some blueberries in there, which is, which is what it got me thinking about it and some, some olive oil and such. But, um, on my recent trip, I had learned a little tip that if you take a very small thermos, um, they make some for food, uh, put the right amount of buckwheat in there. You kind of figure out as you go, and then add boiling water and close it up. If you do that in the evening, your breakfast is waiting for you in the morning. Hmm. It would be like the perfect temperature, uh, no effort whatsoever in the morning, especially if it's really cold and wintry and the hands yeah, are frozen, yeah. it's hard to light stoves and such. But man, that worked out so well when it went on that trip. And it is super inexpensive too. I mean, it's a great breakfast to have. So just a little side tangent there if anyone's looking to have some really good camping breakfast. Oh man, that was, that was fantastic and worked out really, really well. Yeah. I might have to keep that in mind for my camping trip coming up for Acadia. Well, not really coming up. It's still months and months away, but nonetheless, yeah. try and remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it worked out really well. And just the fact that I would, I would make it just after I made the dinner every evening because my stove is already out, just boil up some water, dump it in there. Um, but just the fact that you know you wake up on a cold morning and you got your meal ready to go. I, I am planning on kind of weighing the buckwheat, weighing the um, the little thermos I have, and see at what point um, it makes sense to perhaps bring that on a backpacking trip. So Because at some point, it's it's a lot less bulk, but it still does have some weight. So yeah, I may have to figure do some math on that and see if I can figure that one out, because that would also be nice to have on backpacking trips. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back out there. The weather is now starting to maybe, possibly turn more towards spring. This week nice. we've been like primarily in the 60s, high 50s, I want to say, at least by yeah, like nice. the afternoon. Yeah, so it's starting to get there. Things are starting to uh, pop up. Flowers in the garden are starting to come out. But I'm waiting, though, because I know Pennsylvania is a little bit too too well these days i'm just waiting for that surprise snowstorm where we get dumped like six inches at once since then after that then yeah. it'll be over but yeah we're we're still getting the rain here um it rained so hard uh two nights ago 
that I had to go out and like unclog the the rain gutters because they just a bunch of new leaves and stuff blew on the roof and then it just clogged up the rain gutter. So I was out there in a huge downpour and a ladder unclogging <laughs> them and just I mean it was it wasn't crazy. There's um, uh, my wife and I took our dog for a waddle um, along with her aunt and uncle who have a dog that they're fostering a much bigger dog and but we went for this uh, walk along this area and it's an area where there's these really big hillsides on either way there's a, um, a river that goes down between them and all the hills were alive there's waterfalls all over the place water was just draining out of things and it's so unusual to see that here in San Diego to see green hillsides with waterfalls and everything so I saw that I'm like this is beautiful but I'm not going to be able to go skating for about two weeks and <laughs> this kind of sucks yeah, there's always trade-offs to everything. Yeah, yeah, pros and cons, yeah. pros and cons. The last weekend I was, I went on a hike because my girlfriend wasn't around, and it was nice to get out, like, on my own. Uh, but at one point I went and was photographing, like, a uh, telephone pole. As one does, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to, I was waiting for the clouds behind it. I had already gotten my first sheet of film exposed but this is a telephone pole that i've come back to multiple times now it's okay, honestly yeah. getting ridiculous <laughs> and so i wanted to try and get a backup shot just in case something happens whatever and mm -hmm. so i was sitting there just about a half hour i kind of felt like you i was just missing the camera or the video camera yeah yeah waited for about a half hour and then this couple comes walking by and they look over at me and they're like, and she says to me, so what are you doing? As, as she's, <laughs> as they're walking, mind you, she says this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm just photographing this telephone pole waiting for the clouds. And she's, she goes, why don't you just Photoshop them in? <sighs> yeah. I had, like, no words. I think I said something stupid along the lines of, like, oh, it's because it's film. Which, like, obviously in hindsight is just doesn't really matter. But at the same time, she was walking away. She wasn't the type of person that was going to stop and actually, like, be open to the education of why I wouldn't want to do that. Like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, whatever. But the, the the rest of the hike, I was just, like, thinking about that instance. I'm like, why? Like, the whole point of me not Photoshopping in the clouds is because I enjoy sitting here and waiting and just being in nature. Like, I'm not looking yeah, it's for... it's all about the process. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the process and just being in nature. Like, I don't want to sit in front of a computer screen for a half hour trying to Photoshop in clouds or resorting to AI or anything like that to, to do it for me. Like that's not the point, but yeah. Yeah. It seems that that, that experience is lost on a lot of people. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it speaks to just people don't value images as much as in the past and stuff like that, that we've talked about in the past, but I don't know. It just, it's, it, it, and the fact that 
she didn't even break stride to inquire more, just kept talking and walking. It kind of, it speaks a lot about, I think society in general, like not even stopping to converse, just saying something and just keeping going. Yeah, exactly. And what she's saying is metaphorically exactly what she was doing in terms of just keeping moving, you know, not even stopping to, to, uh, to pay attention to what's going on or to, have an actual conversation. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. If she would have like, if she would have stopped and just be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Like, like, th- then I would have at least had a chance to try and, I guess, educate would be the right word, or at least converse about why I'm doing it in the way that I'm doing it. Because I've had conversations in the field like that. I've had people come up, and it's not always something that I like look forward to happening, but you're out with a large format camera, you're going to be like really easily noticed and questioned because of it. But I'm yeah. like, in, the, in those instances when people actually want to have a conversation, I'm more than willing to have a conversation and to show them and to like even have them go under the dark cloth and be like, hey, this is this, like get like a feel of it or whatever. Like, yeah, but I don't know. That's just... Like you said, that says a lot about society, specifically this individual. Like the fact that you can't even slow down and have a short conversation with someone is, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, whenever I've had experiences like that, I've always walked away from it having a very negative feeling about it. And it's almost as though just the the person is just very willing just to toss stuff out there, but has no real feeling for the impact that they're having on other people um, in what they might think is something more trivial or whatever. But something like that can just like really make it so for the rest of the day, I'm just thinking back to that and just not feeling great about, about the interaction or anything else. And my girlfriend and I were out shopping the other day and she was down an aisle looking for some kind of cereal or something. And this guy, mind you, he was with his wife and he looked at her and said something along the lines of, you look lost. It's cute. And then walked away. And for the rest of that time that we were shopping, she was like thinking about that, like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, yeah. said that to a grown woman, mind you, she's short and so she looks younger, but nonetheless, said that to a grown woman in front of your wife and thought that that was okay. And like you said, that, that was on her mind the rest of the time. Like that little, the two sentences. Yeah. Uh, yeah this this is why i typically try to get away from people exactly the the interactions (laughs) are not they're you know it's not a flip of a coin 50 50 i find that for the most part i don't know it's i'm often left uh disappointed with humanity yeah i've been trying this year especially to get better because i i find like i have a tendency to be very like pessimistic and i think the majority of us do because pessimism it sells better it sounds more intelligent it sounds better um but 
I've been trying to be like more optimistic and it's so damn hard though when you have instances like those where you're just yeah. like come on guys really like be better like yeah give a little effort maybe but 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 pessimism is is largely grounded in reality yeah and i i think as as one gets older and has more experience and then they 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 witness much more stuff i i i think people generally tend to get more you know become more of a pessimist at times so it's tough. Yeah, you've you've, you've you've got a, you've got a future ahead of you. Or if, <laughs> if if you're feeling that degree of pessimism now, man, you're you're gonna be a you're gonna be a very uh, pessimistic uh, 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 person by the time you reach my advanced age. Advanced so, age. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the. Uh, normally, you have like the 75 year old, 80 year old who's shaking his cane at kids and screaming at the clouds. I'm gonna be like the 40 year old doing that. Yep, it's gonna be great. No. Yep, just like I shake my inline skates at people, you know. <laughs> no, I'm I'm trying, like I said, to to see more of the optimistic side, and it, like I said, it's difficult, like on the day to day. But if you look at how the world is versus how it was even 50 years ago, as a whole, yeah. things are getting better. Like things are improving. It's yes. just you have to see it on a expanded timeline, and given that we only live for 70 years, as our american average or whatever it is now uh that's not a long time like yeah so i i definitely see why most of it is pessimistic but yeah for sure but speaking on something that could be seen as good or bad um in one of the discord groups i don't know if he listens to the podcast but if he does i'm sure he'll know who i'm talking about or at least some of our listeners will know someone had posted a um an outline for an article that was created by chat GPT. Okay. And this article, let me pull it up on my phone real quick, or this outline, I should say, um, was a, for a blog post on the mental health benefits of having nature art in the home, particular focus on forest photography and the color green. And it's actually like a pretty, it's a pretty solid outline. Mm-hmm. And for the fun of it, I then plugged in a prompt myself just to see what would happen. Uh, and for an outline of a blog post about AI writing photography blog posts. <laughs> and I thought, again, what it spit out was obviously like your introduction, explain the growing trend of using AI for writing tasks, introduce the topic mm-hmm. of AI writing photography blog posts. Then your first <laughs> subheading would be um, how AI writing works, briefly explain the technology, discuss the benefits. Then your next would be examples of AI written photography blog posts, which don't know how I'll find those, but it's a good yeah. thought. Um, next one would be advantages and disadvantages of, u- of using AI, uh, benefits of using it, potential downsides such as lack of creativity and inability to convey emotion. So at least it knows itself pretty well. Mm -hmm. How to use AI for photography blog posts, discuss the steps involved, tips for optimizing the use, the future of AI writing for photography blog posts, potential advancements in AI technology, uh, human role, or the role of human editors, and then finally a conclusion with summarize the key points of the article, offer a final perspective on it. 
I hmm. still don't know how to feel about that. Like, yeah. part of me thinks, okay, yeah, it's cool that you could get such a fleshed out idea from a single like sentence from a single written uh, idea, so to speak, um, that you can just write in a prompt like that and it'll spit out essentially an article for you minus the more in- intricate details. Um, yeah. Like, cause I could take that outline, throw in, I don't know, 250 words for each, for each of those headings and have a 1500 word article something along those lines um same thing with the the one that was posted on a discord group very easy yeah but even ai admits it there's no creativity to that like so yeah i mean i read an article that related this i think um i think david hunter sent it to me and it was about this chat GPT in the classroom too, and how AI is going to affect the classroom for English. And it was saying about, you really have to rely on creativity anymore in order to get students to actually write authentically, like, and not to rely on technology for this. And I was just curious what your thoughts on that were, because like, yeah, I really can't see myself using it, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for, for what I do, I honestly don't see it as a threat. I don't see it as a tool that would benefit me necessarily, um, especially as I'm tending more towards like with the um, the unpolished series ebooks where it's handwritten journal entries in the field, um, which is designed to be kind of, you know, a bit rough by nature and just kind of putting thoughts out there. And it's, it's going against the highly polished sort of thing that we see, which is, which is what that, um, like the chat GPT is, is basically able to do. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't really see it, see it as in a, of any value for what I'm doing. I don't see it as a threat for what I'm doing. Um, you're certainly in a different position where as a writer, you know, here comes this technology that has the ability to produce, you know, something that is rather sophisticated um, with very little effort. Not that it would direct you, directly impact you from the standpoint that, you know, it's going to replace what you do, but at the same time, perhaps it becomes a more crowded field where other people actually start using that. And it's hard to stand out from the crowd um, because, you know, publications are paying for articles and such. Now suddenly you're, you're lowering that bar, that barrier of entry. And, you know, then you have more people that are, are able to compete in that sense. Yeah, I mean, it's tough um, enough to find... Albeit unfairly, for sure. Yeah, it's tough enough to find articles uh, or publications, rather, that will pay decently for articles that you've spent a lot of time writing, a lot of time thinking about. Um, and then to have something like this come in where it can spit out an article in not even five minutes that's 
yeah, it's problematic. Like it's definitely problematic, but at the same yeah. time, in terms of like SEO boosters and stuff, it's no brainer. I mean, it spits them out like no another. So yeah, for I'm not worried like for me in terms of competition because everything that I write about for the most part is very personal. It's very um, based on my own experiences and my own thinking behind it so Mm -hmm. there's that again that creativity uh, using that creativity for writing and doing creative writing um but in terms of like i don't know camera reviews or like just basic technical tutorials i could definitely see it like taking over for that um i just i just don't know how to feel about the um using it for outlines and stuff because like to write up an outline isn't that difficult but i don't know i mean i guess it's really no different than using other resources to try and flesh together an outline it's just a different type of resource but yeah and 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 what i was thinking is at, at this point in time, if you look at some of the stuff that is being written by it, it's very impressive because you look at it and it doesn't immediately strike you as this is something that is AI generated. Like, oh, this this could very well have been you know written. It's very impressive that it was able to figure out what it did. I do wonder if after more time has passed, if we see something from it, there will be more obvious telltale signs that oh yeah yeah this is this is ai I, and i know they're going to keep fine-tuning it and making it better and better but kind of like with like certain maybe like photo editing techniques where when you're not super well versed with all the things that can be done um you see an image and it, and it really stands out and it, it pops but then after a while, you you learn these techniques that are people doing that people are doing, and then you start seeing these patterns and things, and then it really starts to lose some of its appeal when you see um, the way that things are kind of pieced together. So I, I wonder if we're gonna be able to spot those patterns a little bit more with the passage of time, um, or whether it will just keep improving, which I imagine will be the case, and it will be hard to increasingly more difficult to spot it. I think it will be more difficult to spot it. I think right now is one of the best times to be able to spot something that is written by AI. If you're going off of like what mid journey right now is doing, I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. been keeping any kind of track even loosely about it, but they've just done an, uh, an update. um, And one of the big problems with like portrait AI was that the number of fingers like was always wrong. And even Uh like facial features were a little like just off. Mm -hmm. They fixed that now. So there are, um, there are photos out there that were created with AI that are like journalistic photos of a riot in, I think France or something like that. And I mean, besides the fact that the images have kind of like a a smoothness 
to them, like a smoothing filter, especially to the skin tones and such, mm -hmm. you really couldn't tell. Like there are certain photographs or certain AI creations that look just like photographs and it is like terrifying. So wow. I don't, I don't think that it'll be long until we can't really, really, really can't tell if something is written by AI versus a human besides that, that creative intersection. But again, it's, it's still in its relative infancy. Um, so yeah. And, and I was also thinking that I, as, as that technology improves, um, in terms of being able to just draw from all the resources that are out there. I was thinking that it would, it may very well have some other, um, I mean, it's going to have a lot of, um, it's a very significant impact on many, many different things. But I was also thinking about, you know, if, if at some point people will be able to, you know, basically give it a photo of perhaps a very, um, of a location that's not very well known and it will be able to figure out exactly like GPS coordinates where that photo was taken based on all the information that's out there mm. and whether there will be some impl implications from stuff like that, that will have a very negative impact on certain resources just cause it's, there's so much information out there it can pull from. And it, it does, it does have me wondering how far reaching some of this stuff will go. Yeah. That is scary to think about the, like just being able to send it a picture of like, I don't know, my cabin, my family's cabin in the woods yeah, and be able to get GPS coordinates off of that. Yeah. If it just, if there's like some sort of like mountain in the background where it sees like the, the shape of it or something like that, it pulls it from all these other ones that looks the same. It triangulates stuff. It, I mean, it's, it's a, it's kind of scary in that sense. Yeah. Really, really where all of this stuff could go when you just pull all this information together and uh, you simply ask a question, you know, where was this photo taken? Maybe you'll get to the point where it actually has the ability to do that. I mean, there are already people that can pretty accurately do that. So yeah, it's only a matter of time before we just say, before we figure out how to code that into AI and just be like, okay, now you do it for me. So I don't have to go through the work. Yeah. Like, but yeah, yeah, that's, it's going to be interesting to see how things progress in the next few months, even. Um, one thing that it's, I forget who said it. I just read it today. Um, someone had mentioned how, how important it is to realize that like, this is a very emotional time in terms of AI. Like there are a lot of high emotions with all of this. Mm -hmm. Like you're either really for it, really against it. And there's not a lot of neutrality. Yeah. So to try and comment on it, like in any kind of cemented way is difficult, but I will say uh, one more thing and then I'll leave AI alone for a while, but there have been a couple different articles and I will link them all below, but Matt Payne did an article that was really solid for Nature Photographers Network. And then there's one, I think Guy Tall and Tim Parkin each did an article for On Landscape. So 
in terms of how AI is going to be affecting photography or how it currently is, definitely recommend mm-hmm. checking those articles out. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's going to be a fun little journey as we see how things change. Yeah. And speaking of how things uh, change, I um, earlier today I was working on volume two of the ebook series that I started this past fall called Unpolished. Um, and so I've just been, it, it, and it's something we've talked about in the past where it's a, a compilation of my handwritten journal entries from when I'm in the field I scan along with pictures of the film on a light box that are um, basically I, I adjust them on the computer so it resembles the exact experience of looking at it on the um, on the light box so that it's you're basically looking at the unedited film um, and then this time around I also have some Fuji Instax photos I shot while in the field that I scanned in to kind of throw in there oh cool and I, I was also thinking of um because initially this was kind of seen as a something to accompany the video journals that I produce. But then I started in this um, volume two, I started thinking that, you know, I should pull from some other resources as well. So um, for example, there are some, some pages where if I just take a, a screen grab from one of the videos and drop it in there, um, then you, you know, there's the, the handwriting on one page and then there's, um, you know, that, that frame grab on the other one. There's not a lot of frame grabs, but I've put a few of them in there just to um, break things up a little bit and to kind of tell a bit more of the story, but um, just kind of drawing from all these different resources and putting them in there. And it's it's been pretty fun to put together as this format is now uh, changing a little bit to the point where I see this as a very interesting storytelling um format kind of like doing the video journals but it gives it allows me to go so much more in depth in a way that i can't in the videos um just by having those um those written journals and and it's weird how things really tie in together in ways that i i didn't fully anticipate um but i just i have that all laid out uh, it's kind of like a rough draft and now i'm going to go through and and uh, fine tune it but in the process of doing that, um, I have all these pictures of the film on a light box, and then I'm referencing those as I'm going through and and um, adjusting the edits of those uh, those uh, scans of the film, and it has me going through and reevaluating all the images, and so it, it's kind of um, it, it's almost like a like a checks and balances kind of thing where going through all that stuff again, putting it together and then going through and rephotographing the film and then comparing the scans I did a while ago to that film and adjusting my edits. It's, it really has been a very enlightening process to go back to the originals and to, um, to work with those images again, now that more time has passed since going on the trip, but it's, it really is a fun project. And so, um, so it'll be it'll be fun to see how this one all goes together once everything else is is included in it. Do you have an idea about how you're, or rather, when you're going to release that? So that is going to come out after 
the last of the video journals. Okay. So kind of figure. Um, yeah, because I don't really want to like spoil any surprises. Um, so I mean, that's still going to be about you know seven weeks away or so. Um, but I'll have that done and ready. And so that will, and just like the previous one, it ends up being an ebook that is sold through my website. Um, though I'm also toying with adding another tier to my own Patreon that will include those where those people automatically get that. So I, I have all the details to work out on that. But um, but it is kind of exciting to have a new format uh, to work with from a storytelling aspect um, that is more in-depth than a video can do. Yeah. Yeah, I got to play more with eBooks again. I got to pick those back up and see because like I, I keep going back to that a morning walk series that i worked yeah. through and i i know that i want to release that i just don't know if i want to do it as a free ebook or if i would want to do it as something that's paid um i'm kind of leaning more towards a free ebook but but i'm also trying to figure out how i want to uh proceed with it in the future like do i want to keep doing it with the mamiya rb67 or mm-hmm. do i want to change things up uh, i think we talked about it a little bit with the rico yeah and because that way it's much cheaper much lighter way of doing things i can experiment a bit more and not have to worry so much um obviously it takes away a lot of constraints so there are a lot of questions revolving around that um yeah. So for the for the ebook, um, so what what is it that your thought process is when it comes to whether it's a paid ebook or a free ebook? I'm I'm curious, um, you know, what it is that you're looking at that's you're having to decide between and, and the various factors involved. The biggest thing is if I'm so like personally, if I'm gonna purchase an ebook i want some kind of value out of it like i want to feel as Mm -hmm. though i'm getting something from it and to purchase an ebook like this it just doesn't feel like it has like any true value to it i guess besides it just being a collection of images it just feels a little weird to for me to to sell like i know that you have with unpolished that that's a a a paid ebook that you're doing yeah Um, but like for me to do, even if I was in your shoes, like I would be, I, I don't know. I just feel weird about putting a price on that. Like I would feel better doing it as a free ebook and having at the, the last page be like, hey, if you got value out of this, then pay. Like then here's a donate button kind of thing. Because um, I know like Sarah Marino and some others have had pretty much pretty success with that um but still like i think that's where i get hung up is that that idea of value yeah and 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 that's that that's definitely a very good point um in the past all the ebooks i've done were more educational in nature and the ones that had the most broad appeal were certainly the ones that did the best um but that being said, uh, I, I think it's, I don't know, it, it is a tough one, though I will say that at least with the 
series that I'm doing now, the Unpolished series, it's, I see them as something that's a bit of an escape where just like how people watch the videos because they want a little bit of an escape. Um, I think that these can be quite similar where it's something that you can get lost in for a little bit. And I think there's value in that. Um, partially from a storytelling aspect. But I, I think when you combine that with um, people wanting to find ways to support artists that they um, appreciate the work of, I do think that there's a market there. Um, and the the donation model is also an interesting one. Um, but we'll see. And, and another thing too, and I, I don't know if I've brought this up in the past, but whenever I have um, the an ebook that sells or a voluntary contribution through PayPal or, or anything like that, or a print sale or portfolio sale, I, I log all of that into my uh, QuickBooks. And one of the things that I've noticed is that most of the time, if I'm logging someone in as a new customer, it's usually because they're buying an ebook. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're a repeat customer, um, you know, they could be, have bought all kinds of things in the past, but if I'm putting the person's name in, um, an email and stuff, how I keep everyone kind of, um, sorted out. Um, but if I'm putting, if I'm logging them into my QuickBooks for the first time, it's usually because they bought an ebook. So I see that as kind of like an entry into whatever ecosystem of stuff it is that I, that I create. So I, I do see in a sense where if a person's, you know, buying it as, if they're you know downloading it for free, it's kind of an entry into that system of everything else that you know that you create. Um, but it's just one one little observation that I have with based on my own stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough to try and find that balance. Like like I said, I I want everything that I put out that has a price on it to have value. Even the things that I put out that don't have a price on it, I want value. Uh, yeah, but. To try and figure out then, okay, so if I do decide to have it as a paid ebook, at what price point is it not enough value, even if it is just as an escape kind of thing? Like, yeah, is $5 fair or is that too little? Is $15 too much? Like, where is that line going to be drawn? Where does it need to be drawn? Um and I think that's kind of where the donation route at least seems to make more sense because then people can really, they have much more of a free choice. Like, okay, you got to the end of this. If you feel like you got value, great. The, if you feel as though it's that value is worth money to you, then here's how you can support me. So, yeah, yeah it, it's tough. Yeah, and on a... Um unrelated note, which is very much a related (laughs) note. Um, It's probably not best to take any sort of advice uh, from me because I I did my taxes on Friday. Um, Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) I I started doing my own photo stuff like as I I, I despise the term full time for whatever reason. But as I decided to pursue a career in landscape photography in 2020 at the start of the pandemic. So 2020, 2021, 2022. 
And for whatever reason, last year, not a great year for me. No. Um, so I, I always crunch the numbers. And uh, now this takes into consideration expenses. Um, and my expenses are, you know, purchase the film and, um, you know, buying the, the paper for the portfolios and everything else. Um, and also I did buy uh, a camera um, in 2022. But when I look at the numbers, I'm like, oh, man, I'm sure glad that my wife has a decent job because eh, I made a little less than minimum wage. Um, so, yeah, hmm. pros, and, pros and cons. Though, I will say that my wife and I have a very, uh, we, we have a very low stress life. We, we don't have any outstanding debt. Our expenses are very low. Um, but at the same time, looking at the numbers at the end of the year and going, oh, yeah. that, uh, that's not great. Um, definitely gives me motivation to continue to work hard and to try to find other ways to be more productive. And, and I think in, in 2021 was it, was a decent year for me. Um, and I think that's because I had, um, lots of the portfolios from past years sold out that year in addition to the portfolio that year that sold out. So it's like this, um, this perfect storm of, of good things happening. But then when we got into 2022, I didn't have that backlog of all these things of all these additions that haven't sold out yet. So it was just, it was, yeah, but room for improvement. Uh, that's, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. This year I want to push more, try and find new places to write for. That's my primary focus is just to, to figure out new places to write essays or articles, however you want to deem them. I have a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of plans in place for that. I just found a few, uh, different publications that I want to try and pitch, but that would be, they'd be amazing to write for if I get in, um, yeah. especially based on their rate and based on the notoriety that they have. But it's a matter of just trying and seeing where it takes you. Cause yeah, I mean, just like with you, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come more to terms with the idea of teaching as a full-time thing. Mm -hmm. And that way I have that guaranteed income and then whatever I can make off of my writing and photography is more of like, cool, I have this money, like vacation funds, yeah. whatever you want to consider. Exactly. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe in five, ten years, publish books and maybe it'll be enough where I can be full time and not have to worry so much about it. But that's a, more of a long term goal, at least right now in my current thinking as of March 23rd of this recording, but we'll see yeah. how that changes come next week. So, I hope you enjoyed our creative banter. You can learn more about Cody's work by visiting his website, CodySchultz.com. And you can find my work at BenHorn.com. For further discussion, join us at patreon.com slash creative banter. It's a place where we can interact with you, the listener. And although we greatly appreciate those who contribute by joining a tier, discussions are open to everyone. 
whether you're a paying member or not. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you around next time.